Sienna Marabella, and you're listening to the Honey Soleil podcast, bringing you all things wellness for your mind, body, and soul. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I interviewed a YouTube OG veteran, Katie Bellotti. She currently lives in New York and she is a freelance graphic designer. Um, She does a lot of creative pursuits, actually, so I really wanted to get her on the podcast. She was working for L'Oreal Paris in New York up until she quit to pursue her freelance career, which is what I am super interested in talking with her about. So that's what we dive into as well as dating life in New York. Um, self-care habits, morning routines, stuff like that, because that is very on brand for this podcast. I really love this episode and Katie is my first guest. You can find all of her social channels and all of her links in the show notes. So be sure to check her out and I hope you guys enjoy this interview and let's get into it. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you as my very first guest that I chat with. And I'm thrilled to be here. This is so exciting. Right? I've ugh, I've listened to your podcast. I love you. So I'm happy to be here. Oh, stop. I'm listening <laughs> right now. <laughs> but yes, so first things first, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So who you are, your story, and how'd you get to where you are now? Got it. So I, I've done this a bunch and I feel like I should have this <laughs> down by now, but I still am just like, I do this, I do that. So I'm Katie Bilotti. I am a New York City based, that's where I am right now, creator of things. I always just say that because there's a lot of different things Ooh. that I do these days. I, I do love that. graphic design. I do calligraphy stuff. I obviously, I create YouTube videos and do Instagram and all of that. So I just, I touch a lot of things. I create a lot of things during the day. So, okay. So how did I get where I am today? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of trial and error, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of things I actually recently, like I think the highlight of my 2019 was quitting my day job, oh, my okay. corporate job, which I'm sure we'll probably get into. Oh, I'm not we will sure. touch on <laughs> I already have a note for that. <laughs> exactly. I won't dive too deeply, too deeply into that. But um, I guess how I've gotten to where I am now is just, like I said, a lot of trial and error, a lot of just creating things and figuring out what I like to make and what I don't like to make. And of course, I mean, New York City is always just kind of drawn me in. I always knew I was going to be here. So, um, I mean, post-grad, I just decided to pack up and move to New York and I haven't looked back. So, and here I am just creating things every day that I love. So life is good. That That is the life I want to live. So you're Mm -hmm. kind of an inspo to me. (laughs) I try, (laughs) (laughs) but let's actually rewind it back to your college days, because I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in college. I want to know, like, what did you major in? Because I don't think I've ever like asked you that. So what did you major in? So I actually, funny enough, I actually, I was talking to someone the other day about this and I don't think I really publicized it, but I came into school, a journalism major. Oh, no way. University. Yeah. Elon in North Carolina is where I chose Mm -hmm. to go. Small school, but surprisingly, like everyone always knows someone that went there. I'm like, (laughs) small school, big school environment or, Mm -hmm. you know, so I went in a journalism major and because I was editor-in-chief of my school newspaper in high school and I loved everything, writing, journalism. I just thought that I was going to be, you know, in New York City. I always knew I was going to be in New York. I didn't know at what capacity and what I'd be doing. So I came in journalism, but at my school, you didn't have to declare a major until second semester. So very quickly, first semester, I realized that journalism wasn't for me. I wasn't mean enough. I didn't have, you know, a lot of bite. I had oh, you a lot of mean enough. <laughs> I wasn't mean enough. That was my oh, one mean. thing. And 
<laughs> I was like, I don't think I really want to fight to get a story. I just want to make yeah. pretty things, you know? Right. So pretty quickly I shifted gears in the communications school oh, and I decided to do um, strategic communications, which was mm-hmm. more PR. It was more just marketing, things like that, but still in the communications kind of realm of things. And then from there I realized, well, I don't even want to be in PR. So what do I actually <laughs> want to do? Yeah. So luckily at my school, they have this thing. It was actually a brand new major when I came in in 2014 Um, and it was called communication design. So it was graphic design, basically social media based communication, which as we know is like huge now. So I'm really happy that I started with that when I did. And so from there, I, you know, I was actually, I think the, one of the first graduating classes to graduate with that degree. And I'm really thankful for it because I wouldn't have learned any of the things that I, I mean, granted I did teach myself a lot, but I learned a lot of things that I wouldn't have if I was in journalism or another Mm -hmm. degree. So I'm happy with it overall. And I tried to do some minors over the years and I just, I never completed a minor to be honest, but (laughs) yeah, I'm recently, I'm starting college this next week and Mm -hmm. I put my major as communications with a concentration in public relations but now I don't even know if I'm going to stick with that. So that's like so cool that you found a degree that's kind of social media based, but still has like the yeah. creative, like graphic design. That is so insane. I mean, but truly, I think it doesn't really matter what you major in as long right. as you yeah. just along the way figure out what you like and, you know, take exactly. those little things from each class you take and mm-hmm. build it into what you are, I you know, that. so. Nice. Truly. Okay, so now we're going to jump up ahead because I, as you mentioned, you recently left your job at L'Oreal to pursue your freelance design career. So props to you. But mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit about your inspiration behind that and like what ultimately led you to that path? Okay, so yeah, it was one of the hardest decisions I've made in a really long time because I mean, you know, how many huge decisions are we making really in college? Not many. So, you know, the biggest decision I made in college was pursuing L'Oreal as my future career. And, you know, it was something that I've, I've loved L'Oreal for a really long time. Like as an influencer, I've worked with them a lot. And so I got really close with the team, you know, from an influencer perspective. And when they offered me the job, I was over the moon about it. So thrilled. And even while I was there, it was something that I felt really, I was really proud to say that I worked there and I liked my coworkers. I liked the environment, but I felt that, I mean, I'm 24 years old. I was 23 when I was working there. Um, I worked there for almost a year and seven months um, in total. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, I was realizing that I was making a lot of sacrifices for the job. So I was, of course, a lot of my creative work was really put on the back burner. And I felt like everything that I was creating, all the creative energy that I had was going towards L'Oreal and wasn't, I didn't really have anything left for my personal, but anyway, so I felt that I didn't have enough creative energy to really put it into everything else that I was doing. And like, I had to make a lot of sacrifices. I had to, you know, I felt like everything was suffering. That wasn't my day job. And for most people, I mean, they would just be like, okay, I'll just choose my day job and everything else will fall yeah. fall off. And I just could not part with the other things I was doing. I was like, no, I, I refuse to do that. And so I was just really spreading myself way too thin. I wasn't sleeping. I was constantly just like really 
just, you know, I was upset. I, my friends were noticing, like I was yeah. just losing my zest for life. I'm living in one of the most exciting cities ever. And I was just mm-hmm. not truly living. I was just existing and dragging myself through the day. And it took some time for me to realize that, you know, something had to go because I mean, it's a lot easier to just do everything and say yes to everyone and be like, yes, yeah. I can do that. You need this by this day. Yes, I can do that. Even if it means getting four hours of sleep versus the mm-hmm. recommended eight hours, you know. So it became just, I had to make a choice. I had to make a very tough choice, you know, quitting the job that I had deemed my dream job, you know, which I still, I still think about, you know, what would it be like if I was still there, you know, and I, I see things that are launching that I worked on and I get sad that I can't, you know, celebrate with the team that launched that, you know, those little things. But overall, it's been about, I think like three months now, November, December. Yeah. Three months now that I've been on my own and I really haven't looked back. Yeah. So yeah. I, mean, I think that's kind of the process of my quitting. Yeah. Uh, well, I love that. That's, yeah. a really, that's a really difficult thing to do because not many people have the courage to just quit their day job and for, oh, sorry, my cat, let's not. Oh, cutie. Oh my God. Over here. <laughs> anyway, not a lot of people have that courage to quit their day job to pursue like what truly they have passion in. So I think that's something super inspirational. <laughs> and my cat is just going crazy over here, but she agrees with me. <laughs> yeah, she, she gets it. She gets it. <laughs> she gets it. But also now that you're in the freelance life, do you find it a bit more difficult to manage your schedule and then balance this? Because now you're ultimately working for yourself, you're working from home and there's no real structure given to you by anyone mm-hmm. but yourself. So do you think that's a bit difficult or what's your strategies with time management? So time management has never been my strong suit in college. I was a big procrastinator, would just wait till the absolute last second to do things, you know, would just pull so many unnecessary all-nighters. Like I look back on that and I'm just like, I I did it to myself and I still struggle with time management, of course. But I think for me, I mean, I just need to realize that as a creative person, my hours and my just how I work looks a lot different than how I worked at L'Oreal. Still a creative person, but, you know, a creative person working with other people that weren't as creative that, you know, really <laughs> made a schedule for things. Yeah. And to be honest, though, I noticed at L'Oreal that my my creative brain wouldn't really truly turn on until about like 1030 in the morning. Oh. And that wasn't, you know, for the really, I, I worked with a lot of different you know, more analytical people, more, you know, type A people. I'm so not like that at all. And of course I had to work on their schedule and come in at 8.30 and really be on with my first meeting of the day, usually being at nine o'clock. And, you know, so now I can work on my own schedule of when I feel that I'm going to perform best. And for me, that means I wake up at 8.30. So the time I was getting into the office at L'Oreal is when I'm oh opening my, my eyes. Yeah. And to some people, that people are like, oh, my God, that's so like late. Blah, blah, blah. Why don't you wake yeah. up earlier? I'm like, well, because I don't have to. So I wake yeah. up at 8.30. Your own boss. I'm, yes. And I'm working on projects, either personal projects, like you know, YouTube stuff or things for clients because I work for two different clients um, and I do design work for them until about, to be honest, like sometimes midnight, sometimes 1am. Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm like staying up late because my brain works better at night and yeah. just, you know, I'll sleep in, in the morning and not start working until about 10am sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I feel like that's the schedule that works for me. So it's nice, but it does mean having to make very aggressive to-do lists. I have like oh, yes. literally <laughs> broken down by the hour, what I plan on doing 
but I also have little breaks. So I have times where I can just go out and walk, you know, to the park, walk, get a coffee, or just let my mind wander because that's the thing about, you know, being a really creative person. I need to recharge my brain and really, you know, if that means just going to a museum, going somewhere where I can just like not be staring at a computer screen and really get ideas. I think that that's, I think that's where people mess up because they don't schedule time for them to just have, you know, mind wandering time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I've done it. But of course I like, you know, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, it is really hard working for yourself because you have to be the one to force yourself to structure your days. And so I think that's perfect. Like how you said to take like breaks, to go for a walk. I think it, you can get burnout when you're doing creative pursuits, like nonstop. So it's like Mm -hmm. essential to take even like an hour a day just to recharge and get re-inspired. Right. And you can't feel guilty about that because I feel like some people are like, oh, I'm slacking off. I'm not focused, but really you need recharge time just as much as you need work time. Exactly. Because it'll eventually, it'll it'll ultimately lead to burnout and like you're not going to work as efficiently. So you have to take self-care. I'm a big hoe for self-care. So like I'll always promote that. And I love it. I love that about you. (laughs) But um, the next question I have for you is that you have one of my absolute favorite podcasts. You already know I love your podcast. But what is your process for putting together your episodes? Because I know everyone has a different method. And I know you kind of have like this raw talk version where you're just like letting out your thoughts. But Uh what's your method with that? Well... I always say that my method is just living and, you know, talking about what I'm doing because Mm -hmm. for the most part, I mean, I try to make them, I've over the, you know, the course of a year and a half that I've had the podcast started to make it a little bit more structured than it used Mm -hmm. to be because people are, you know, I've, I've been reading the reviews. I know people sometimes, I mean, once in a blue moon, I'll get like a really nasty review as you probably do too, you know, but I obviously take it to heart and I'm like, okay, what can I get from this that can actually help the podcast? Because Mm -hmm. you can get a million positive reviews and like, I mean, you don't grow that way. So I do need some criticism. People mm-hmm. say like, oh, you know, you, you're kind of a little all over the place. And I'm like, well, that's kind of the nature <laughs> of you just yeah. talking to yourself. <laughs> right. But so I've, I've learned to kind of structure it a little bit more, but for the most part, the way that I, my method is just, I do my day to day. I live, I, you know, put myself out there, do things that are difficult and scary and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I write in my journal. I'm a big journaler. I, oh, I, I love journal that. every day. I'm like, you know, I have multiple different journals for different <laughs> styles. I have like one that's like my pretty journal and it like looks really oh, nice. And then I have another one that I'm just like, I just attack with all of my thoughts. Oh and yeah. Feelings, Same. Know? I have like a, oh, I have right. a happy journal and then I have a sad journal. So I'll like write right. in one when I'm super happy and one when I'm super sad. And eventually I throw away the sad one because we don't want to remember that. But I think journaling right. is so like key. Absolutely. It's so important because I, right? I feel like, I mean, especially I'm alone a lot of the day. And mm-hmm. so I was saying to someone the other day, I'm like, I forget that I am, I'm not talking oh because God, same. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you think that, but I'm, it's just my, I'm thinking it, it's so yeah. weird. I'm thinking and <laughs> so, talking to myself basically. Right. And so sometimes, exactly. And sometimes it's hard to interpret your thoughts unless they're actually tangibly on paper. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I organize my thoughts in my journal and how I organize my podcast ultimately. And of course, you know, as I'm talking, things just kind of like have a way of coming out. And <laughs> I, but yeah. for the most part, that's how I do it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what would you have any advice for anyone who is kind of wanting to start their own podcast? Cause you obviously have a really mm-hmm. successful podcast. It's fantastic. But do you have any advice for someone who's just starting out? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're not going to be fully ready 
for anything. I mean, I feel like people are like, oh, I need to be like, I'm okay. So to put into perspective, I had my podcast microphone and equipment for months before I actually started because I was like, I don't think it's, you know, I don't have the idea down. I don't know who my guests are going to be. And at that time I was working at L'Oreal still. So I really didn't have time. I mean, that's honestly the reason why I don't have guests on my podcast is because Mm -hmm. I just, the nature of when I record, it's usually really late at night or just randomly when I have a spare hour and a half of time to really devote. And so I can't really schedule it around other people. That makes sense. And so, but I feel like also, I mean, it just completely would change the way that I do my podcast because yeah, it's not really interview style. So, you know, when I started, it was kind of a happy accident that I created this my style where I don't really have guests. It was mainly just mm-hmm. convenient. So I didn't really feel fully ready. And I even in the beginning, you like listen to my first early episodes and I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like have so you're never gonna be fully ready for anything you do. You just kind of have to take the leap and it's terrifying. And also, I mean, especially like, I mean, we've been on the internet for a really long time and so we're, long. we're OGs. To, so long, we're OGs, really. Yes. Um, and so I always forget that we're used to criticism. We're used to yeah. people being like, oh, she's the YouTube girl. She's the Instagram girl. You know, we're used to being labeled like that, but other people aren't used to that. And so you kind of have to let yourself be ready, I guess, for people mm-hmm. to not really understand what you're going to do. Oh, exactly. I'm used to it. I mean, from YouTube. And so when I started yeah. the podcast, no one was really surprised that I, you know, was yeah, doing yeah. some, some other way of like, you know, just putting myself out there in a way that people can really take a stab at me, you know? <laughs> so I think you just have to, first of all, come up with your title, obviously, what you want to call it and kind of just be willing to stick with whatever that is. So that's probably what's going to take the longest amount of time. Oh yeah. For get sure. your equipment, get your, your microphone. You can always upgrade as you go, start out with something and then just, you know, hit record and go into it ready to get kind of criticized for it. Yeah. You have- <laughs> and like be fine with that because ultimately yeah. you're doing it because you want to get something out of it. You want to offer something and that should be more important to you than getting ridiculed for it. Oh, I loved that. Yeah. That was bars right there. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. But you actually are a jack of all trades because you also have a blog that I'm obsessed with. I'm like your biggest fan. I need to shut up. But no, you I'm, don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. Oh my God. This is just us hyping each other up. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But I love when you write about like dating and relationships and like boys. That is the shit mm-hmm. I live for. So can you kind of dive into uh, what it's like dating out of college as well as in New York. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. where do I start? First of all, I mean, okay. So the blog and just my YouTube videos, the podcast, I talk about dating a lot mm-hmm. because I like to say that I'm, I love love and I love just the whole idea of, you know, finding love, that whole thing. I, I'm very picky when it comes to it, which is oh, same. <laughs> a great thing. Also a terrifying thing for, you know, so people always, of course, I mean, I've been on the internet for almost 11 years now. Like t- I'm in my 11th, 11th year of having a YouTube wow. channel. And I've been talking about this for so long. I was just watching my old videos last night about how I was like, someday I'll have a boyfriend. And this was in <laughs> 20, 2011. I'm like, 2020, Katie, if only you knew, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so whatever, regardless, New York city dating is definitely different than college in college. I was very focused on my, my future where I am sitting right now, which is very funny to think about, but I was very focused on that. And so I, I had a lot of guy friends, but I didn't really 
pursue a lot of guy interests then because I was like, oh, you know, I think that that's my post-grad thing. Like that's when I'm yeah. going to be, you know, in New York living my Carrie Bradshaw life. And that's oh when God, it's going to happen. You are the Carrie Bradshaw of New York. <laughs> I always say this, like the way you write, the dating, like you are Carrie Bradshaw. I, so I admire Carrie in a lot of ways, but I also am like the first to be like Carrie Bradshaw lied. Okay. It's oh, not yeah. the same. Also, right. I mean, that being said, it's a whole different decade of, you oh, know, yeah. yes, the different 90s. things are now in the mix that they didn't have back then. They had answering machines, not mm-hmm. text messaging. So yeah. things are different, of course, but you know, sitting here in New York city, you know, I, I really in college, college Katie really thought that this was, this was going to be when I would get it right, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm, I'm getting it right in the sense that I know, I, I now know my worth, which is really important because I feel like in college you can kind of lose that. And you think that you're really defined by the people that you're dating and the people that, you know, for me going to a school of sororities and fraternities, it was like, Oh, like what date party did you get invited to? Like that was the social currency of college. And now it looks a lot different. My friends and I are actually funny enough. We're all single at the same time, which never oh, that's happened perfect. <laughs> ever which never happens. So it's really fun to be able to be like, oh, like, okay, so who's going on what date this week? Like, who should we, you know, because it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's fodder. It's exciting to talk about and it's exciting to do it in New York city, which is, I mean, of course, New York has its moments when it's not so glamorous, but all the while it does have moments where I'm like, I am so excited that I'm young. I'm in my twenties and yep. I'm dating in this city because it's so exciting. Like we'll go to like speakeasies for dates or oh, just amazing. bars do go to see shows. Like there's just all sorts of things happening and it's truly the city that does not sleep. Wow. And so I love that I can also write about it. I can also blog about, you know, post on just various platforms. Of course, there's always a catch. It's like, I post things about it you know, and the guy could very well look at the video and look at, you know, basically just like Carrie Bradshaw. So you're fine. (laughs) Right. But I don't know how the heck she got away with that. Like I I know put it like, I mean, I'm putting things on the internet. She's putting it in the newspaper. I don't get it. Yes. I have a lot of questions about that. I have a lot of questions for Carrie. Right. But I think it also just kind of makes me a better person and weeds out the crazies because if they're okay with me, you know, posting yeah. Very vaguely, very vaguely, I will say. I'm not very specific. Yeah, you're about, not about names, the whole thing. Right, right. Like yeah. they they should have no problem. I mean, it's public forum. They should have no yeah. problem. They should be like, that's pretty cool. Especially if I'm speaking kindly about them, they should be like, yeah. wow, I'm pretty cool to be able to, you I'm know. flattered, I'm on that. <laughs> yes. Right, exactly. And so I'm going to continue doing it. But, you know, I, I love... I just love love. And so that's why I like talking about it. Even if people are like, Katie, you're so emotional and so dramatic. That's been like the biggest comment lately. I'm like, at least I, you know, I feel and you're too afraid to. Wait. Okay. What is your Zodiac sign? Because I have to know. I'm a Scorpio. Oh my God. I love it. I'm, I'm honestly rising. I'm a pretty, okay. I'm a pretty true Scorpio. Yeah. I feel that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. That made sense. Like Scorpios, they're very like, they're emotional underneath, but they've got that hard exterior. I love it. You're such a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. That's exactly me because yeah. yep. Ask any of my friends. They're like, <laughs> they're like, Katie's the most like emotional single person I've ever met. <laughs> I, love I love it. That's me though. That's me. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get it. Okay. Kind of moving along to something a little more deeper, I guess. So what would you say is the biggest adversity that you've faced recently? And what would be your advice to overcoming it? Wow. Um, I mean, wow. 
adversity. <laughs> I, I face, <laughs> I mean, so I always have to kind of level myself because I do live a really great life. Like I'm very lucky to be able to be on my own, a freelancer in New York, a female at that. Like I've given a lot of thought to how important it is that I am existing during this century, you know, in regards to like how it could be, it could be a lot worse sort of situation. So I always level myself like that. But then of course, you know, I have to admit that like, there are certain things I go through where I'm like, wow, that's not so great. That's not so pretty. Mm -hmm. And I think one recently that's something that's kind of been beating me down recently is just not everything in your life is going to be a beautiful, pretty story. And as a creative person that I, of course, I romanticize a lot of my life, as you've probably been able to gather just from oh, like yes. the, the podcast <laughs> so far. And if you look at any of my social media platforms, <laughs> I like when things are aesthetically pleasing, you know, oh my God, same. and not everything in life is going to be aesthetically pleasing. Some things are just going to happen and you're going to be like, why, what did I do to deserve that? Right. And I think I, what's been hard for me as of late is accepting that there's not always going to be a reason that something happens. Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm a creative person, but I'm also very like methodical and I'm, I like things to make sense, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I feel uncomfortable when things are happening and I'm like, I don't get it. What's going on? Half my college career was that, you know, yeah. <laughs> me being like, okay, what's going on? please back that up. I don't get it, whatever. And I was always the first person to tell the teacher like, oh, like, can you explain that further? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So I have problems with when things happen and I just, I can't, there's no reason why. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with like, I mean, dating happens in New York with, with just, there's things that, mm-hmm. you know, my friends and I have coined it actually the slow fade, which <laughs> it happens. I mean, we're in the end of kind of, or the, the towards the end of cuffing season. Oh, yes. Podcast episode. (laughs) And we're all, my friends, my single friends and I, which is all of us, are experiencing the slow fade when, Mm -hmm. you know, you're you're talking to someone that you think is going to be, you know, something. Potential, yeah. And then they slowly just stop responding to you. Oh, my God. I hate that so much. It's the slow fade. Right? It's like, I I can't tell what's worse, being ghosted or the slow fade. I think the slow fade is worse for sure. Exactly, because you still have some hope. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and you're like, yeah, yep, exactly. And so it's been super difficult for, for me to, you know, personally experience it, but then also for me to, you know, try attempt to give advice to my friends where I'm like, I cannot explain why this is happening. There's literally no reason at all. You did nothing wrong. Never. You never did anything wrong, but I just can't, I don't understand. And I think all the guys, all the, you know, single men in New York have decided, I think they have some sort of crazy pact where they're like, we're just going to all slow fade all at once. Oh my God. That's (laughs) insane. See, I'm a romantic just like you. And for me, when I meet a new guy, I'm like, okay, I'm already planning our, you know, like how are, I'm like, oh my God, our dates are going to be cute. And then like, it doesn't work out and you're like, well, shit. And I hate that. That is the most annoying thing ever. Right. Because you, you begin to internally question yes. what's wrong with you. What did you exactly. do? The like, thing what is, did I do? What could I have done nothing. differently? And you're like, oh, I guess I like probably revealed too much or like, yeah. Oh my God. I'm did. an overshare like crazy. Right. So am I. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we're on the internet. Of course we're oversharers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's ingrained so, in us. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably, I mean, as shallow as it sounds, that's like probably the biggest adversity I've been facing as of late. I, mean, I feel it. That's a New York vibe. So I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Right? All right. So moving on to some self-care. I uh, Everyone knows I'm a slut for morning routines. Like You probably know this. Everyone knows it. <laughs> but can you give us the details of your current morning routine? 
My current morning routine. Okay. So it definitely revolves around coffee. I think that's the first thing that I do after opening my eyes is, (laughs) okay, where's coffee? I'm like so addicted to coffee. It's really bad. So I first, you know, make my coffee and then I, I, I'm really, I mean, I think everyone's kind of really into skincare as of late. I think it's the biggest thing. I remember when we were working at L'Oreal, um, just having to constantly have brainstorming sessions about how, you know, cause I worked on cosmetics. L'Oreal has skincare brands as well, but I worked strictly on cosmetics. And the biggest thing was that cosmetics was in decline and skincare was in, in you know, incline, I guess, you know, they were up, they were in the green and <laughs> cosmetics the- was in the red, <laughs> if that makes sense. And so yeah. we're constantly having to come up with you know, how, how can we fight this? Mm-hmm. But you, you truly can't because there's just something so special about skincare. Right. So I love my skincare. Exactly. And I actually, I have the most horrific winter skin ever. Same. So you and I both have eczema on our face, right? I was just going to get into that. Yeah. That's my biggest, you know, actually I take back the answer to my previous question. That's the biggest (laughs) adversity I'm facing right now. Yeah. Same. Oh, I feel that. And actually, did you know that your eczema can trigger because of stress? I just found that out stress, what you're eating, like just, I'm like, so great. Living is making my skin bad. Right. Just like working, living life is making my skin go crazy. Right. I recently, yeah. Gluten's bad for eczema. Dairy's bad for eczema. Yes. Oh my God. Oh Oh, yeah. I'm currently, I'm looking at my hand right now because I have it really bad on my hand. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah. So anyway, that's definitely the first thing that I tackle. I've been actually luckily working with a couple of brands um, that, you know, specifically have eczema targeted products, which is nice. I've been testing those out a lot and I'm going to probably make a video about this, you know, in the near future. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. I think I've finally, I mean, after 24 years of dealing with eczema on my whole body, Mm -hmm. I think I've finally figured out what works. So that's a big part of just my self-care. I also... Every single night, I make sure that my desk is clean. That's like a kind of just set up for the next day situation because when I sit down, you know, I get my coffee, I have my my skincare on. I don't really even put makeup on until I don't even, whenever I leave the house, I guess. And sometimes I don't even do that anymore. I'm just like, I mean, freelance life, I don't need to have a full full face, honestly. Exactly. And I mean, you'd think that my eczema is still bad. (laughs) Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's good for like, I don't know what it's good for, but it's just good to wear makeup less, I guess. Right. I've been breaking out less. I I don't really break out a ton to begin with, but I I definitely haven't had like those like sporadic breakouts because of that. And I also feel like my makeup's lasting longer, which is always nice, you know? Amazing. Not like, you know, cutting through my expensive foundation as quickly, but... You know, that makes me cry. Yeah. And then I sit down at my desk. I you know, sort through emails, do that and just kind of launch in. And that's just how my, I like having like a peaceful morning of not yeah, checking same. Instagram until Low I absolutely have to. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. I love a good morning routine. And actually that was all the questions that I had for you today. So thank you so much for being the first guest on the podcast. But before we go, let everyone know where they can find you, all your socials, because I will link them in the show notes. Of course. I mean, I just can't believe I'm your first guest. I'm like, I mean, I you, you could know, have gotten someone so much cooler. I am not that. Up. Cool. You are the coolest. You're a freelancer. <laughs> you you just lived a life, and I love it. <laughs> well, okay, I'll I'll take it. I think I needed that today. <laughs> a little <laughs> my slow fade this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess okay, where people can find me, just mm-hmm. I bet you know, Instagram is probably the easiest thing to look at because all of my you know channels are linked through there. Yeah. So Katie Bilotti is my first and last name, and also my username. So it's K A T Y. 
B-E-L-L-O-T-T-E. And that is my username on Instagram. Also, you can type in that on YouTube and find me. I'm also Hello Katie, which, you know, the OGs now. I used to be Hello Katie XO back in the day. And I dropped the XO uh, when I thought that it was too childish, of course. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. And my podcast is Thick and Thin. Um, So I think that's that's really all I do. (laughs) You do a lot. So I will link every single one of your socials down in the show notes because you're fantastic and you guys need to check Katie out. Yes, come hang. I I swear I don't bite. I'm probably like the least confrontational person ever. Yes. God same. I am. uh, I hate confrontation. So there we go. But that was a really fun episode. Thank you so much for being on the show. And um, yeah, that's all for today, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. That was the episode with Katie Bilotti. I hope you guys did enjoy the interview and found it somewhat interesting because I think Katie is such an interesting person from her career, from her blog. Literally everything she does is fascinating to me. So I was thrilled to get the opportunity to interview her. If you guys want more guests on the podcast, be sure to let me know who you want to hear on the podcast on my podcast Instagram, which is Honey Soleil Podcast. Again, everything will always be linked in the show notes. And that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.